How you calling? Old man Grognard here. I've been I've been remiss on these shows. I'm still trying to keep up, catch up on a lot of them. I've been remiss not listening to you. I'm sorry. Heard your Ask Me Anything show. So I just did I did an episode about modules versus just a, a book with a bunch of plot hooks in it. Which do you prefer? Running a whole module or having a book, say, like The Midderlands, that has like tons of plot hooks that you can just make your own adventure out of. At this point, it's the plot hook thing, although I do run some modules now in Astonishing Swordsman. But I'd like to get your take on this, if, if I could. Well, until I talk to you again, keep up the good work, and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye Hello, hello, I'm Colin Green, and you are listening to Spike Pit, episode 145. Opening the show there, we had a call-in from Glenn Hallstrom, also known as Old Man Grognard, and he's got a podcast that I'm no doubt you're familiar with called Radio Grognard. It's a daily podcast, and I urge you to check it out. Now, Glenn posed a question in response to my Ask Me Anything, as he explained. And I've got a bit to say about this. The short answer to the question is, I prefer hooks over modules. But there's a lot more to it than that. It's, it's not just that, it's, it's just not that simple. When I started playing... As I've explained before, I was taught or introduced to Dungeons & Dragons by my primary school teacher. It was around 81, possibly even 80, and I was 5 or 6. It, it, it's hard to pin this down because we stayed friends with this teacher as her son was the same age as me, and I, I, I kind of grew up through school with him at least until we went to secondary school. So the relationship was something that went on for years, and even up until recently, I was still in contact with this lady. She ran homebrew stuff mixed in with the old TSR modules, the likes of um, Palace of the Silver Princess. I don't remember her running Keep on the Borderlands in Search of the Unknown, and when I eventually started DMing, being a bit younger, I'm not convinced that the modules made a whole lot of sense to me. I don't think I... Well, I think it was some years before I actually picked up my first module. And it would have been In Search of the Unknown. That is definitely the first one that I ran. I had a copy from the... Holmes basic box set and this in itself caused a little bit of confusion because I think I was using Mensa basic to run it so there were these anomalies so that would have been at the earliest 83 84 so a few years after I started playing and before that I just um, I would make up my own stuff I used to have a little lined notepad 
and you know very rudimentary maps were drawn i used to like making up monsters and then uh, kind of building up an adventure around that and really not a lot has changed i carried on in this manner later ran stuff like uh, isle of dread and as uh what else did i do Struggling to remember now, but I never, never really got into many modules. I ran the a basic adventure that came in the um, the basic book, the Mensa basic. There's there's an adventure in there in the DM's book. I, I seem to recall running that. I think I ran the adventure out of the Holmes rules, the uh, the the one out of um, Mold Vay. I think is that the one with the the skull. Skull Mountain, I vaguely recall a cross-section. Um, so I, I did stuff like that because these, you know, you didn't have to go out and buy them. You had the rules, so it was sort of silly not to run them. I also used to pick up Dungeon Magazine, uh, and when I could afford it, I, I used to pick up Dragon Magazine as well, and used to get the occasional D&D adventure in something like White Dwarf. The other thing I distinctly remember doing was picking up fighting fantasy books and using ideas out of those to make up my adventures. And I also had the campaign, kind of like the, the world book for Titan, which was the world that the fighting fantasy or the majority of the fighting fantasy stuff was set in. So... Um, you know, they were that. That was like my my main source material, if I'm uh, remembering correctly. Also, when the expert book came along, you had quite a lot of stuff uh, based in what's called Mistara now, but it was just like the D and D known world. You had Threshold in there. You had outlines of some of the major towns in the Grand Duchy of Karamikos. And there was a, a whole list of like little adventure starters and hooks, you know, stuff like oh, there's a there's a rat in my kitchen, or the uh, the lumberjacks are are being raided, and uh, there was there was some stuff I vaguely recall some sort of watermill story going on there. And the other thing I used to do was when we went away on holiday, I we we did quite a lot of walking and hiking as a family. And I, I used the maps and sort of when when you go to visit a place, I would pick up leaflets, uh, to take photos as I got older. And this whole modules thing just, like I say, never was a thing. Then I was out of the hobby for a while. When I got back in and it was 5e, I'd been doing my wargaming, I'd been doing my board gaming and then all this time looking to get back in the hobby and they came out with these great big books that I'd never seen the lights of before for adventures you know what the 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 um likes of uh, Ravenloft you get now you know uh, the curse of strad the uh I'm forgetting the name of the frost giant one now all these books that Watsy were putting out 
And I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, I was very beguiled by him. I thought the... Um, I, I mean, on the whole, I, I know people are critical of some of the art, but in general, it, it, it is quite um, lavish and uh, it's... Whilst not always to my taste, it is generally done well. You know, this is proper professional art, full colour, lavish stuff. And the maps, the likes of Blando's maps, I'd, I'd really... I mean, it just didn't... It didn't line up at all with my... Um, my childhood experience. And, you know, I thought, well, I've got to check this out. I bought quite a lot of them. And I have run not much at all. The best thing that I uh, have um, had the most mileage out of adventures wise for 5e and you know my recent role playing is um Fandelva Lost Minds of Fandelva and that is basically uh, a collection of hooks based around a a hometown so quite familiar to me similar to the sort of thing you got in the uh, expert set that I just mentioned, and a couple of smaller adventures like the the actual mines, which were maybe you could say were sort of similar to the type of thing you would find in a dungeon magazine, perhaps that sort of length, not heavy with an involved plot, just fairly straightforward so I took to that pretty much like a, a duck to water that was like a, a coming home and then I discovered more and more these this concept of sandboxes um, the guy I forget his name who does the dungeon starters and the things like five room dungeons um, all these sort of simple ways of, of, of coming up with adventures and there you go I was back into more of the DIY the homebrew type of stuff not wanting to give up though I would return to my 5e books on and off and this is an ongoing thing I delve into them I tend to take stuff out take out maps and use them more as source books I mean, there is a there is a, a tendency for them to be like that anyway. I think it's deliberate with Watsy. They've developed certain areas of the realms or, say, Barovia, depending on what book you're looking at. And it seems intentional that you, you can use these things in a kind of modular way. And I think that is some of the reason why when people talk about 5e, they talk about this modularity because that seems to be a concept that runs through the game. I know all RPGs to some extent are modular, but they do seem to have their eye on keeping some sort of um, consistency through the line so that it's not too jarring when you jump from book to book. You know, they've, they've kept their focus quite tight in the main, 
uh, around the Sword Coast area of the realms. Obviously, that's got its critics. But if you want to do something like um, Joe the Lawyer does, for example, uh, on Joe's Not So Wondrous Imaginings podcast, he talks about getting all the 5e books and just sprinkling them around and they're kind of all kind of running at the same time simultaneously the various different plots the various different storylines are all kind of bumbling along in the background i don't know how he exactly times it uh, whether they're actually actively happening or whether they're just sort of there lurking should the pcs kind of engage with it i'm not too sure i can't remember perhaps if you're listening joe you could let us know on that one because I'm doing a similar thing myself. Coming coming from my sort of the art and design background, I'm a big fan of like brainstorming ideas and doing mind maps and and stuff like that. I quite like just taking a few random rolls, turning them into a bit of a mind map, uh, and building like a a web of web of ideas linking it with little encounters, spinning some more ideas off of that onto something else. And a, a mind map for me is probably my fate of coming up with RPG content. I don't know why that is. Probably a lot of people look at would look at something I've done and it would just be a confusing mess. They'd wonder, you know, how is that an adventure or how is that an idea? But what you need to remember is this is something I'm doing for myself. It's it's not aimed at publication. I share it with people. I've I've put similar, uh, I've put examples of this type of work up on uh, my Patreon, and um, yeah, you know, I, I don't know if people kind of use it or just look at it for inspiration or or just ignore it. <laughs> I have got I have got comments back, and yeah, people. People seem to be sort of like fairly enthusiastic about it all. But it's just another idea. It's another way to do things. And I can do the same thing with hooks. You can you can take a simple hook that you've generated from a random table, expand that out. Hopefully that'll answer the question then, Glenn. It's definitely hooks for me. Thanks for the call in, mate. Now... Jim Yoda is playing catch-up, it would seem. Jim Yoder here. Uh, oh, my God. I love the spike pit after dark. I'm still playing catch-up. So, that's funny. The language. Oh, bloomin' hell. What are you looking at? Keep up the great work, spike pit. Take care. Bye. Yeah, that old Tom is a menace, he is. Oh got to do something about that character anyway thanks for the call in jim and also glenn at the top of the show thanks to my patrons over at spike pit patreon the pit crew keeping it going and growing and last but not least thanks to you the listener for taking a bit of time out of your day to listen to old spike pit we'll close out the show with a crazy spike pit theme from logan howard take it away 
By the light of the stars, I was hunting again for a mean old troll in a third level den. I'd been lucky so far, this was old school rules. I should have been cautious, should have used my tools. The path was leafy and the way was dim. The DM cracked a smile, but I ignored him. And then I fell into a spike pit 